Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Today I got a lot of flack from somebody for talking about issues in the Danville community but no longer physically residing in the Danville community. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because truth be told, I don't think she's entirely wrong. But here are my thoughts. Welcome to the engine. I've gotten a lot of grief for doing this podcast over the last two years for for various reasons. Some people don't like what I'm saying. Some people don't like how I say the thing I'm saying. And and other people just don't don't want somebody using this form of communication. They'd much prefer a form of communication that's easily identified, easily understood, something like social media where you can just, you know, pile on and, and criticize someone and and they can't really do anything about it. I mean, I think every single person has at least attempted at a time to to write a lengthy, thought out, you know, genuine response to an issue on social media and then the pile on comes and you realize that the point you were trying to make is completely lost and the, the thought and conversation has been hijacked by people, people other than you for whatever reason. So, there, there are some issues there, but I'm not, I'm not entirely, you know, unfamiliar with people criticizing me. Now, here's the thing: I have moved out of the area. That's that's an absolute fact. And I've been thinking about what my role in the community is still, because it's kind of like, you know, you don't live there anymore. And one thing that I find incredibly offensive, actually, something that Helen of Doherty Valley brought up recently, is that there are people showing up to the Board of Education meetings that are advocates for certain things. They're not community members. They don't have kids in the community. They're not former community members. They are people that are literally just showing up, taking the the public comment kind of time and advocating for certain things. But again, they're not related in any way, shape, or form to the community. Now, again, I don't agree with that. I don't think that you should have these advocates who have no relationship to the community, past or present, taking up these these board of education meetings where we're really trying to hear from community members. But that brought up a whole slew of issues with me, right? Because first off, how are we defining community? Okay, and, and look, in, in relation to the education issues going on in Santa Monica Valley Unified School District, should we only hear from people who have kids in the district, right? Are we defining community as an active parent, not just an active parent, but a parent who actively has kids in the San Ramon Valley Unified School District? Okay, what if you have a private school parent who is in private school because they dislike issues going on with the public school and they want to have their voice heard because maybe they don't like spending ten dollars or $15,000 or more per year to pay for private school. And if they can get some, you know, revisions done to the to the San Juan Valley Unified School District, they would join, they would rejoin the community, the public school community, right? Like, what about that person? So that person doesn't have a kid actively in the San Juan Valley Unified School District, but I think they should have a voice, right? And if we're going to go down this rabbit hole, if we only want to hear from people who have children currently in the San Ramon Valley Unified School District, why do we allow the Board of Education members to not have children, right? Like, if there was a person who had never even had kids, right, say was single, never had kids for whatever reason, but was a gangster with, with public school policy and was really well-credentialed, should we exclude that person from running for Board of Education, right? Is that fair? I don't think that's fair at all. 
Right. Uh, uh, there are plenty of people. I think there's only one person on the entire board of education currently that has kids in the San Ramon Valley Unified School District. So should we discount or disqualify all of their opinions? No, we elected them. We elected them. We as in I did as well. Right. I voted in the election where they're up there. It's like, how is it that we're doing this? How how is it that some people define worthy voices in the community only as people that have kids in currently in the school district. I don't think that's appropriate. And furthermore, it's not like I'm not part of the community. I'm a business owner in the community still. My best and dearest friends live there. I'm still a property owner. I pay California uh, California income tax. I have a community podcast. I, mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but this is not, I'm not really like speaking to people in Italy right now, right? I take my time and have been for the last several years to talk about issues that are largely related to the Danville, San Ramon, and Alamo area, right? Like it's a community podcast. And personally, I've been sleeping in Danville since I was in fifth grade. My mom moved to Danville when I was, might've been fourth grade, but fifth grade for sure. And, you know, like I didn't live there full time. I obviously, you know, I had shared custody. With my, my parents had shared custody. It doesn't matter. But the point is I've been a community member since I was like 11 or 10, Right. And so the fact that I just move a couple miles down the road, all of a sudden I'm supposed to what not care. Right. The place that I've been hanging out since I was an adolescent, I'm supposed to not care about it all. And what of my friends, my best and closest friends, they're they're as much a family to me as my blood relatives. Am I just supposed to not worry about them? I have an incredibly dear friend who has two children that will be excluded from proms and senior balls if this stuff is allowed to pass, if the Monta Vista High School is allowed to ex uh, continue having its venue for junior prom at a location that does not allow people that are unvaccinated. They won't even take a negative test. How, like, honestly, how am I supposed to look away from that? Because I have a different zip code now? I'm like, oh, sorry, bro, you're on your own. Like, eh, I'll just keep my mouth shut. Like, I don't, listen, I don't mean to be I don't need to be unnecessarily uh, critical or sarcastic. I just think that's that's not a very reasonable position, which is, you know, obviously, Matt, you've been a member of this community for almost 30 years. And now the second you move, you know, worry about your own community as if I'm somehow a, a less valuable person than I was before or my opinion somehow no longer has has any importance. And speaking of like, what if this was my job? What if it wasn't just my opinion, right? Like how many national news anchors exclusively speak about issues in their immediate community defined literally by their geographic area? Try none of them. So why is it that people could watch MSNBC or CNN or Fox News and not care that the person talking about something that may be specific to their area doesn't live there? Right. Is it is it that they're getting paid and somehow that that allows them, grants them license to talk about whatever they want? And since uh, it would appear that I'm not getting paid and th that's not even true, I have a Patreon that people from the local community pay me money. Right. They donate money on a monthly basis because they care about the things I have to say and they recognize that putting putting things out there like this is not free. Equipment's not free. Subscriptions are not free. Right. Having having the the feed and everything is not none of it's free and the time is certainly not free and they value me. So like, 
they, you could make a very clear argument that, hey, this is a professional endeavor for me. And apparently, if it's a professional endeavor, people don't have objections to it. It's only if I'm doing it out of the goodness of my heart that somebody would have an objection to it. They're like, look, you need to focus on your own stuff. One of the things that that I was criticized for, again, in this, this social media thing, is they're like, you're divisive and you need to let the community heal. Now, the point of, at issue here is that me being divisive is pointing out that Monta Vista High School is going ahead with a prom that will exclude unvaccinated students. And me pointing that out is being divisive. Okay, so I just want to be clear. I am not spearheading the policy. I was not involved in the conversation that led to the policy. Nobody asked Matt Todd, and justifiably, right? Like, great. I literally just got on my mic and talked for about 10 minutes about how I think it's not great that we're trying to make leaders and communities that include everyone and and do so much for the least of their neighbors. But we're, we're holding a massive school event that everyone looks forward to in what I would say uh, a divisive, uh, segregative way. Now, if that's me being divisive, like, okay. But I think it's a little ironic that you're like, hey, Matt, stop talking about this horrible thing. We need to heal. As if the thing going on isn't the thing causing pain in the community. I'm not the one causing pain. If Monta Vista didn't do this, I wouldn't have had anything to talk about that day. Well, at least nothing like that. So to say that I'm the one that is that is preventing the the community from healing, that I'm precluding it from moving on, it like I doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I mean, maybe it makes sense to somebody else. And I I didn't want to bring this up, but I think it is important to recognize that look, the person who criticized me is criticizing me because the person feels that that I should keep my nose out of this and I had put down the policy that Monta Vista did put in place and you know that's it but honestly if this person agreed with my position and was like yeah Matt that's not a good thing for high schools to do I really doubt I really doubt that person would would have made an objection. I mean, it almost strains common sense to think that, hey, look, if I had done a podcast that you agreed with, you would still be objecting. That's That doesn't make sense, right? Like, obviously, the objection came because this person doesn't agree with what I said, right? And instead of saying, you're wrong, you, you know, like, you don't have the facts right, which I do, by the way, Instead of saying, you're wrong, you don't have the facts right, this person said, hey, you need to stop talking about our community. You're no longer part of the community. Go worry about your own community. And that's just, I mean, look, man, it is it is what it is. My wife, actually, God bless her, she, she objected to me saying some of the more, I don't know, 
things that were more a little a little more outspokenish when when we were living in Danville and and it's no wonder why there are people that are in good faith attempting to have communications with the community and advocate for certain policies in the community that have people showing up at their houses people that oppose them their opponents are literally showing up at their houses they're showing up their parents houses they're showing up all over the place and my wife was like look Matt we can't have people showing up at our house like, we can't do this. I know this stuff is really important to you, but, like, we can't do this for our family. And and I didn't object. I didn't object. I know exactly where she's coming from. And God forbid, you know, I was at work tutoring kids or something, and some angry person shows up at my house and starts yelling at my wife while she's trying to, like, bathe the kids and stuff. Like, that would have been horrific. So I understand that. But I also recognize that that's why a lot of people don't say anything. The, the intimidation level, the tactics that are being employed in the community to keep people quiet are horrible, are horrible. Like this, these are facts. People literally show up to other people's houses because of something they wrote on Facebook. People are filing restraining orders because of the factual content that's published on Facebook. Right. And I'm not saying the restraining orders hold up in a court of law. But what I am saying is people are intimidating other people because they're trying to speak in good faith. And look, if you want to fly all the way to Boise and roll up to my house, <laughs> you're, you're welcome to do it. It's not going to get you very far. But I also recognize that there are a lot of people like I used to be that were worried about saying certain things and that concern and that hesitation and that refusal to speak out continue to perpetuate and allow a lot of issues that the community is experiencing today. And I don't have that burden anymore. I don't have the burden of worrying about somebody showing up to my house. And because I don't have that, I almost feel obligated to say something because I can say something and I want to say something. And look, I want the absolute best for the San Ramon Valley Unified School District. I want the absolute best for Danville. I want it to be like a ridiculous after-school special, not the reality that it is right now, where my friend's 12-year-old son gets bullied at school because he's not vaccinated. Right? I don't want that. Right? Like I want it to legit be like some hallmark, you know, after-school special that we all used to watch in like the 80s and early 90s. You know, but could you imagine, could you imagine a, a writer for one of those after-school specials coming up with a script where there was going to be this junior prom and it was going to exclude a certain portion of kids, right? I, I, I remember one right now. It was, it was about this, this young kid who had gotten in a car accident and he had gotten a blood transfusion and he had gotten AIDS. And it was all about his community kind of recoiling and being worried about him and scared about him, scared of him. And then it was this educational play, right? It was an after-school special. So it was an educational play that that helped this, the community understand, like, no, you can't get AIDS from, like, sitting on the same toilet seat. Like, no, you can't get AIDS from, like, shaking hands. And, and at the end, he reconciles with his, with his friends. And he's like, we need to become blood brothers. And they all look at him like, what? And he pricks the end of his finger and drops a drop of blood on the ground and they all do the same thing and the blood mixes on the ground and they're like we're blood brothers now and it was this really you know again I was like eight or nine I still remember it very distinctly but 
you know, it's one of those things that you're like, gosh, that's the way people should be. Could you imagine a Hallmark writer writing a script about some junior prom that was going to exclude unvaccinated kids? And at the end of the movie, it cuts to some portion of kids standing outside some, you know, building while you can see the lights and the music and the noise going on inside, you know, muffled by the walls. It could be raining. I don't know if it's raining in the movie, but it could be raining. You know, and the kids are just standing there looking in. Could you imagine if somebody brought that to a producer and was like, we're going to make this movie and we're going to be really proud of the message it sends? Well, I'll tell you what. You don't have to imagine. Just go to the Monta Vista Junior Prom in Oakland that's coming up, and you may see exactly that. Look, I I did not make this policy. I did not write this goofy script. I may not be living on the same street I lived on before. And if you don't consider me a community member, do not listen to me. I don't care. I'm Matt Todd, and this is News and It Drives Me. Go out and crush it.